Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to Outgrow's Marketer of the Month. I'm your host, Saksham Sharda. I'm the creative director at Outgrow, and I have with me here my co-host, Anushka Chopra, who is the social media and outreach analyst at Outgrow. And for this month, we're going to interview Gail Gardner, who is a small business marketing strategist at GrowMap. So Gail, we're going to start with a rapid fire round just to break the ice. Try to keep your answers to one word or one sentence only. And Anushka is going to start with the first question. All right. So Gail, hi. The first question is, what is your middle name? <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. right. You dodged that one. Okay. How <laughs> long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? Um, maybe two minutes. No, okay. that's, that's amazing. Really fast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, third question: Are tomatoes a fruit or a vegetable? They're actually a fruit. Right, and she got it right. Okay, I don't even know the correct <laughs> answer to this. But okay, who's your favorite Harry Potter character? I've never seen Harry Potter. Uh huh. So we have a backup question: Who's your favorite yeah. Game of Thrones character? I've never seen that either. Oh, wait, we'll and have to just stop this interview up. now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah. All right. So All we're right. going to skip this one. Um, so, okay, I'll move on to the next question. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Ooh, talk to animals. I'm actually an animal person. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. More yeah. than a people person, that is, in opposition to. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I'm a hermit that lives in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> okay. All right, so the next one is Neil Patel or Gary Vaynerchuk? Neil, only because Gary can't stop dropping his F-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Okay. Um, giving presents or getting presents? Giving. Hmm. That's very sweet. Everyone answers giving presents. No one likes yeah. surprises. <laughs> uh, how many cups of coffee do you drink per day? None. Oh, wow. That is, yeah, that is pretty Are good. we all working uh, in the same business? <laughs> I, work, I don't know. I work from home for myself and I drink herbal tea and sumac. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, that's healthy. Um, right. Next? Okay, so what's yeah, what's something you could eat for a week straight? Peaches. Hmm. Okay. Uh yeah. fill in the blank, I can survive on dash hours of sleep. Oh, I need lots of sleep. Eight. At least I could survive on eight. I like more than that. Wow, you're the healthiest <laughs> marketer we have ent ever interviewed. <laughs> yeah. No coffee, lots of sleep. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very interested to know the answer to this question. Um, what does the person need to be happy? Um, to be satisfied with what they already have. Wow. Yeah. Deep. That's very deep. Uh, <laughs> fill in the blank. An upcoming marketing trend is. Ah. Hmm. That one's tough because things keep changing so fast. Um, it'll have to be more more video. 
more videos. I mean, it's not really an upcoming trend. It's an ongoing trend that people still aren't on board with. Mm, true. All right. True. Interesting. <laughs> Considering we are doing a podcast here, we should take note of that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we'll make a trailer for it or something, but okay. So let's go on. That's the end of the rapid fire round. Let's go on to the bigger questions. And the first one, I'll just ask it myself. It is, uh, Let's start with grow map a little. How did you come up with the term grow map? I'm sure there's a reasoning behind it. Right. It, it's actually, I thought it was a great brand. So when you choose a business name, you need it to be memorable, easy to spell, and easy to tell someone over the phone so they can get to your site. And so I, everyone I told about the name before I got it, nobody liked it but me. Okay, so it's grow, like growing your business. And a map is a way to get there. So I give people the priorities they need and the order they need to do them to grow their small business. Mm, okay. Interesting. I, I also kind of got the connotation was like grow as in grow your business and map as in like map your, you know, the way you're growing it, like record it. Like, you yeah, know, like um, analytics. Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought as well. Yeah. I thought it was analytics. I was just oh. like, <laughs> but that's good enough. I'm like, good connotation. Yeah. So that's, the tagline is actually map your path to grow your business. Oh, yeah. it's more yeah. strategized than analyze, but it, it is right, a strategy. Good, yeah. hmm. All right, cool. Nishka, uh, right. you want to ask the next one? Yep. Okay. So I wanted to know, how did you start helping small businesses? I mean, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. And so why the shift from PPC and AdWords to small businesses? All right, so when I did PPC and AdWords and Yahoo before that, and there was Canoodle, there was a bunch of little ones. Um, I only did really small businesses, like one person or a small business that had you know half a dozen employees roughly. And so the reason I switched from pay-per-click is I could see where it was going. Google wanted to have a zero-sum game. They kept merging all the best keywords together so that you had to outbid the the broad word even if you only sold this little piece of that like the best example is oval gazebos i had a company that made oval gazebos a, a mennonite company and they were the only manufacturer that i have ever seen in my entire life that actually makes an oval gazebo but they could no longer advertise on the word. an oval shaped you know what a gazebo is right i actually don't know what a gazebo yeah. is but i'm gonna look it up <laughs> Okay, so a gazebo is normally like an octagon-shaped roof with sides, but not walls. And they like, people like to get married in them or sit in them and drink tea. And, you know, they're, yeah, you see they're them usually out in the garden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so they actually made one that okay. was an oval shape, which was very unusual. And so we could advertise on oval gazebo for a nickel and get clicks. And if someone wanted an oval gazebo, they could find us. Well, Google broad matched the phrase oval gazebo with the single word gazebo. Now my little Mennonite manufacturer has to outbid the Amish resellers that were bidding $2 a click. This is 10, 15 years ago. Mm. And they weren't willing to raise the price enough to cover the cost of paying $2 a click. And so, 
they just never sold any more oval gazebos. And I saw them, Google was doing that over and over. They were, if you had a keyword phrase that was, was generating income for your small business, they would match it to the biggest phrase and you couldn't, you'd have to bid for the top or be nowhere. And so I knew that was a, a the end game was bad for small businesses. And I left pay-per-click to figure out how can a small business survive without paying for Google ads? If Google takes you out of Google, how do you survive? What do you do to make sure that if Google zaps your site, you're a not out of business? And that's why I left and that's what I started doing. Interesting. And what did you do exactly? Like, what did you do for this particular client? All right. So what I want to say is there is nothing that converts as well as search. Mm. There is no one thing that could ever replace Google ads. Sadly, the only thing that would work is you have to do everything. All right. And little businesses have a hard time doing everything. But there's one thing that little businesses can do way better than big businesses. And what that is, is be brilliant. You have to make your customers love you so much that they would never consider leaving you. They always remember the name of your business and they tell all their friends about you. That is your best defense against a world where you can't outbid a corporation. Interesting. And do you ask them to leave reviews for the business online or and that is how you build a presence? Yeah, you still want to be online. You want to be easy to mm. find. You want to do all the things anyone else, any other marketer would do. But the number one thing is if you have a bad attitude, if you don't treat your customers well, if you don't want to interact with your customers at all, I, have, I, do a, I had an e-commerce client who sold commodities basically. And I said, you know, you got to get repeat business. He goes, I've never had repeat business. I said, I know that's the problem. He wasn't willing to do what it takes to get repeat business. So he didn't get any. So he thought he wouldn't get any and he refused to do it. You have to be, you have to be someone people like. If you are, there's a whole lot of small businesses that only survive by not having good competition. And so yeah. unless they go get good competition, Right. I mean, I've been in small towns where the only place to eat had horrible food. Everything on the menu was awful. If they had had one competitor, they would have gone out of business. And when they got one competitor, they did. And so small business need to learn from that. You have to be, you have to treat your customers really well. If you're not nice to them all the time, you're not going to stay in business. That's true. That's true. So, so your focus is on recurring customers like making sure yeah. there's a good recurring customer base. Okay, that's a, that's a great uh, way to approach things. Uh, okay, so let me go on to the next question, which is uh, how did you start with helping small businesses? Why the shift? Oh, wait, did I already ask this one? I did actually ask this one. <laughs> uh, is Anushka back? Oh, yeah, she is. Yep, hi, oh, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, you can ask number three. Okay, all right. So, um, just give me a second. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with my laptop today. Right. Okay. So, um, right. Uh, this question is the next question is actually based on something that we get asked a lot, and that was how frequently should we blog? And so we actually made a free 
like a blogging frequency calculator about it that help people find out the answer and i'll like share the link with our listeners in case they're facing a like a similar problem but the problem here is content saturation basically um, how do you create content that works because there are hundreds of content pieces being released every hour so in such a situation how does a small marketer someone with limited resources create content that grabs attention and leads All right so people are publishing a lot of people have the ba- the wrong idea they're using the wrong role model for their business all right so if you're a small business you do not need to be publishing every day you may not even need to be publishing every week a couple times a week might be good depending on what it is that you sell what kind of things you write once a week twice a week is plenty It's better to write one really compelling great piece of content and promote it very well than it is to to just publish something every day because you think you're supposed to. All right? So first okay. don't try to publish so often. You can't write brilliant stuff every day. It becomes boring and routine and and people tune you out even if it was brilliant, people would tune you out because people don't want to hear from your small business every day. It is your thing. but it isn't their life, right? Their life has lots of other stuff in it, and if you interrupt too often, they will not want to be in it. My monitor went dark. Are you am I still here? We are still here. We can hear yeah, you. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. okay, great. All right, so so the thing to do is first of all, you should only be writing what your audience wants to read, right? Mm-hmm. So depending on what your business is, what is it your audience asks you? What do they email you? What do they ask in support? What do they call you on the phone and ask you? Write about that. Have lots of visuals. The optimum blog post would actually have a header image and a video and a tall image that would look good on Pinterest and a slide share at the bottom, say. So a really great piece of content, one of those a week would be way more compelling and easier to promote than a bunch of words on the page and a stock image. That is right. very I mean, true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so another way that like another way that we sort of found out to overcome content saturation is to create interactive personalized content. Like that you're saying that adds real value to people. so if for example if we make calculators like how much should you spend on social media marketing it does well because you're offering something to people right and in an interactive way so you're not talking at people but you're talking to them and i think that's very important yes i we actually people like me who have a whole ton of followers and we're everywhere what we actually do is we automate like sharing really great content from other sources with thing, mm-hmm. tools like deliver it there's other ways to do it so yeah. that we can free up enough time to interact live and then we'll go to twitter chats like there's a couple mm-hmm. of three twitter chats i try to hit one of them i do a good job two of them i'm still trying to get there i have a lot more to do right now because of my community manager tasks and so i try to hit key twitter chats I try to interact, I interact in Facebook groups. And so the key is interaction, right? If all you ever do is just share content and you never talk to people, then you're doing it wrong. It's supposed to be social, that's the whole point. And yeah. so 
it's better to just choose a couple where your audience likes to hang out most. What I tell small businesses is, is claim your username on every social network there is. Every place you can have an account, you need to have your account and claim your username, one username for all of them. So that it's easy okay. to remember. If you even have to have two, people can't remember which one you used where, and then they don't look you up, they don't tag you. Have one username, claim it everywhere, but on the places you're not physically active, use the bio to send people to where you are. Use the bio to send them to your website and to your preferred social network. Mm. I was gonna say, because what you mentioned is like obviously a social network was created for interaction rather than publishing because that's it should be like at least 50 50 or at least like you know that's what you mentioned about curating so you should interact with what the community is doing share other people's stuff that is going viral so that way you don't have to feel pressurized to create your own content all the time because that's not what social networks were meant for anyway so so that's a great strategy i think and as for small businesses what we were talking about where you say uh that it's more important that you create one valuable interactive personalized piece of content in i don't know a week or even perhaps like you know a fortnight create one per fortnight as long as it's good because people don't want to hear from you every day like you're saying because uh, obviously you're a small business and you're not that important in their lives right now uh, so i think that's completely legitimate and for that at outgrow we have like a marketing trending events calendar that actually allows you to see based on what your industry is you can see uh, which events are trending that particular month i don't know whether if you're making uh you know do, you're doing something and you see it's mother's day and if it's related to that you can make a you know content piece around that and uh interact with your uh, clients better because that's your industry so i'm mean, like it's better to like target it and plan it in a month rather than like you know publishing it every day so, yes, yeah. uh, and that would be very valuable to know mm. what the, I actually, when I had e-commerce sites, when I did AdWords, I had a lot of Yahoo stores and they had graphs and I would actually go back to their analytics and I would look and see how much did they sell this month last year and what was selling. You could actually see which products mm. were selling mm. and you could tell when did the, when did people start buying Valentine's gifts? When did people start exactly. buying Easter stuff? they start buying christmas stuff but for that specific store in the year before and then ramp up the ads right before that so you can do the same mm -hmm. thing for social if you know people really start thinking about valentine's day around x date then you want to have something ready to go related to that mm -hmm. right before that date so that you're at the beginning of that trend and can ride the wave instead of being at the very end of it, when you go, oh, wow, there's all that stuff about <laughs> Valentine's Day. I guess I better put something up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Also, like, even with this, even when you know what trending events are happening, you should pick trending events relevant for you and not, like, publish for every trending event. Because sometimes when people do yes. that, people are like, okay, you are, like, a random company that is not related to, say, Mother's Day. So you don't have to, like, really make too much effort to, like, relate your product to Mother's Day and try to sell it to me. Because then I just feel like, okay, you're being a bit not genuine. So, so it's good if people, yeah. like, focus on one trending event a month and then make something really nice in that as long as it's relevant to their company. So I do like your philosophy with like not saturating the user with content because really there is a lot of content online. And like, as you said, with like Google, there's like too many keywords going on, too much happening. It's just, yeah, completely yeah. agree.
Okay, so would you like to so... ask the next question? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's my turn to ask the next question. All right, yeah. so this one is a funny question. <laughs> Tell me something most small business owners or marketers think is true, but you think is complete bullshit or something that you think is true that most small business owners or marketers think is bullshit. Ooh, I wish I'd had that one in advance. So let me think about this. <laughs> that would be that would be a really good one if I had thought about it for a while. Um, <laughs> all right, so we already said that you know they think you have to publish every day because they're looking at big mm -hmm. sites that are publishers. They're not businesses, right? Their mm -hmm. business is publishing. Don't copy them. Um, they think they have to beat the competition. They are so focused on beating the competition that they're not focusing on their own business. And I think that's a mistake. I do not think your goal in life should be to beat your competition. I think your goal is, should be to make your ha customers the happiest they could possibly be and let your, your, let your competition chase you, quit chasing them. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think that's like a statement in itself. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll ask, uh, you have to ask the next one. No, but I didn't, what is something that you think is true that other people think is oh, nonsense? Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I think that it's true that, let me think, what do I think is true? I, I think it's true that you have to do everything and people don't want to hear that. They want to think, and people won't sell them that either, because it's way easier to sell you, let's spend more money on Facebook ads, or let's spend more money on AdWords, or let's focus more on SEO, than it is for me to tell them, you have to do everything right. You cannot just run more Google ads. I mean, you can, but you're going to go broke. You can't just run more Facebook ads, because they may not convert, right? You have yeah. to do everything. You have to take care of your customers. You have to train your employees. You have to take care of your physical location if you have one, right? You cannot just hone in on one thing and think that's the magic bullet. There is no silver bullet. You have to do everything. Nobody wants to hear that. I believe it's true. And I'm sure I can find a whole lot of marketers that would argue that I'm wrong, that if you just ran more AdWords or you just did more Facebook ads, or do you just got better SEO that you wouldn't need to be a great business? But if you piss off half your customers, you have to spend way more on ads and you'll never, you'll never be profitable. You just can't do it that way. And so that's what I think. I think you cannot do it that way and no matter how much people would like to. I really like your philosophy here because it's also coming from the answer you gave us to the first question where you're like, where you put up that example of that oval gizmodo or whatever it's called <laughs> i can't remember gazebo. the term but gazebo, gazebo oval gazebo yeah. and and how you figured out what was happening wrong in that entire google search and it's just like if you put thought to what your company is doing it's better than just following the crowd because the crowd is saying oh put money in adwords put money in pvc whereas you were like okay wait stop look at what is happening and then look at your company as a whole and think about it and think where you want to like, you know, so it is kind of a grow map. You need to strategize and see, you know, where, where your company is supposed to be headed. So yeah, I completely agree with uh, the way you approach yeah. this. Yeah. Right. You have, to, you have to do both. You have to both get and keep your customers 
and make mm-hmm. yourself easy to recommend. Andy Lapata, do you know Andy? Andy writes brilliant books. He's got one called Get Recommended, and it's got a really long subtitle. I can't remember it, but it, it, the part I always remember is Get Recommended. He has some awesome YouTube videos where he does like short clips and then some long presentations. He goes traveling around teaching people how to make it easy for other people to recommend you. One of his best quotes is, it doesn't matter how many people you know, right? You know Oprah, but that doesn't help you any. What matters is how many people know you and what you do. And so you have to make, you have to have brilliant customer service. You have to have loyal customers who love you. You have to make it really easy for them to send you more customers. Yeah. You have to build yeah. relationships with them in a way, uh, a good networking relationship. But yeah, okay, completely agreed. Yeah. Do you want to ask the next question, okay. Anushka? Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go ahead with this. Um, so moving. So we've been talking about creating content, but I want. So let's shift focus to distributing it. Uh, a lot is being said about influencer marketing nowadays. Do you think that it works? Well, it depends on what, which kind of influencer marketing you're talking about. So there's different kinds of influencers, right? There's the celebrity that has the, all their fans. And if they wear something, all the fans want it. There's that kind of influencer marketing. Obviously that works, but it's very expensive. And most small businesses can't afford to go hire some famous celebrity. Um, but there's also other kinds of influencer marketing. Like there's micro influencers, like a mom blogger who has a big audience. I know a couple of mom bloggers who have like 400, 500,000 visitors a month to their sites. You, you could look at their site. You'd never know. They have half a million visitors a month. And the big brands like um, Frigidaire and Crayola and Walmart pay them a lot of money to promote their products. And it really works, obviously, because they keep paying them $1,000 for one post or three posts. I know one blogger got an entire stainless steel kitchen full of appliances from uh, from an appliance manufacturer. And so that definitely works. That model works because I'm, those those brands aren't spending all that money over and over if it doesn't work. But there's also something in between, which is kind of where I am. So I have 115,000 followers on Twitter. I have a big presence in in a certain niche, in a certain area of the internet. Most people know who I am, and I and if there are other influencers, I know who they are. Like we all know each other. Writers tend to know each other, um, and it works. Like if you wanted, let's say you wanted some big site to cover your product, and there were three influencers my size who really liked your product, and each one of us decided to write about you. If all of us write about you, it is likely that some big brand who looks at our sites is going to go, there must be something to that. These three people over here all wrote about this thing. We need to check that out. And then they end up getting written about on a big site where they have no connections. That works too. And so, yeah, it does work. And it's not that hard to become an influencer. It really isn't. Twitter chats, Twitter is how most of us got started. So we all know each other from Twitter. We all feed each other's content. We all use Ann Smarty's Viral Content B, which is a platform where you spend credits to get your stuff shared and you earn credits by sharing stuff for other people. And so you tend to know the the regulars 
you know the people, you know, like other influencers are on there and you know who they are. They know who you are. You share their stuff. They share your stuff. Um, if you know a dozen people that all have 100,000 followers and you have none, but they are all willing to share your great stuff, you just had, you know, hundreds of thousands of yeah. shares and you'll pick up followers from that. And so we do that. And then there's platforms like BizSugar. And um, disclaimer, I am the community manager for the BizSugar Mastermind community. And BizSugar also has a sharing platform, which is a voting platform based on PLIG. Um, like Blog Engage, like um, what was the famous one that's gone now? Dig, except friendlier than that. Um, so there's a community there too, and people know each other and they share each other. They vote each other's comment. They make comments on it. They hopefully go actually read it. And um, that's the that's the one thing we need people to do. We need people to stop just sharing. You have to go there, read it, and comment, not only share it. And that's the only drawback to this model is that right. um, if you know, if I know David Leonard or Ann Smarty or lots of other people, Julie Weishar, if I know they only publish great stuff, I can share it without risk, without looking at it, but that doesn't really help them. I need to look at it, comment on it, and then share it, not just hit the retweet button because that's fast and easy and I'm busy, right? So I have two questions based on what you just said. Hello. Maybe her connection is is failing. Oh, okay. She yeah. said, okay. I, she yeah, she's based on what you questions. just said. Yeah, and then she yeah, I think she's went gone. away. Well, yeah. I was going to say, so what you're saying is it's more important to create a discussion than to just like share something. So what is more important is like if many people are commenting, discussing it, right. it becomes a thread that leads to various parts of the internet. So that's better. But how much time do you actually spend on Twitter if you have to actually do all this as well and you're doing this regularly, uh, like you say? Well, I probably spend an hour and a half a day on Twitter, if you added it all up, you know, it's not all at one time, most of the time. Let's say if today I did a Twitter chat and it was an hour, and during mm -hmm. the Twitter chat, I interacted with a bunch of people and answered my messages too, that would be an hour. Mm -hmm. And so, okay. yeah, so Twitter can be a little yeah. time consuming. But like I said, we're, we're kind of falling down on the job because we need to, all right, I'll give you the best example of influencer marketing. Let's say that you have an annual report, the state of content or small business or anything you want to pick the state of something you know they come out annually and there are a lot of statistics the smart people would have a half a dozen to a dozen people like me who would comment on that and share it and then discuss it like we might one of us would share it on linkedin and all of us would talk about it on linkedin to each other that is far more powerful it triggers the algorithm to show it to tons of people like, so if each of us just happened to share this thing by ourselves, it would just f flow through the stream and LinkedIn wouldn't show it to hardly anybody and Facebook wouldn't show it to hardly anyone. But if one of us shared it and then several of us or a dozen of us all go in and start talking on that specific share, now LinkedIn says, oh, that must be important. I should show this to a whole lot more people. And now that thing's going to get a thousand views instead of, 10. Mm -hmm. 
That's interesting because Anushka was. Oh, whoops, my voice is echoing. Anyway, uh, I was going to say, Anushka yeah. was telling me earlier that the way she was contacting you and was in touch with you was through LinkedIn chat. So you were very active out there, is what she was saying that, oh, she just responded and that's how, instead of email, I see you spend a lot yeah. of time on these networks actually making them the base of from where you're doing things. If I actually detest email. I get so uh -huh. much email. <laughs> And I, I, it's like a time suck. You have to delete dozens of bad junk True. to find the one real thing. And so I do. I check my messages on LinkedIn daily, and sometimes I'll it'll be open, and I'll. So the way I know to like the way I make sure I do things regularly is if I want to do something like if I want viral content B, I want to make sure I update and add credits and share more stuff i leave it open in a tab so i have a lot of tabs open so i have a twitter tab always open i have a linkedin tab always open okay. i have um you know viral content b and biz sugar mastermind always open like i actually have like they they live in a different browser so i have two desktops mm -hmm. on in linux and i have um certain things live in chrome and other things live in firefox on yeah. that computer and then I have a laptop that runs Windows and certain things live in Firefox on it. So I actually have three different browsers open. I have different things open in each one. And so I just click on it and I, you know, I interact. Like I'll go, I look at my viral content B. Am I still on page one? No. Update, you know, add some credits to bump three things onto page one. Right? Go to Twitter, answer anybody that messaged me, go to LinkedIn, answer a few things. And then, you know, and then go back to my work, go to mastermind. And so I interact in this sugar mastermind. I'm the only community manager. So I'm the only one there to answer people. And so I interact in that all day. And then I, you know, I, I get caught up on one, then I do the others. Then I might do some other client work. Then I come back and, you know, so I just rotate between, you know, biz sugar sharing, biz sugar mastermind, viral content, B Twitter, LinkedIn, and whatever other work I'm doing. Okay, but how much time out of this do you think a small business owner would be able to devote, like in the way yes. you're doing? It would only be a percentage of your time, that, right? You couldn't do everything. See, that's the problem. Okay, so mm -hmm. a small business would not need to spend the amount of time I do. Mm -hmm. People like to hire influencers and then they want to pile them up with so much work they couldn't maintain their influencer status. To be an influencer takes a lot of time. The more followers you have, the more interactions you have, the longer it takes. The bigger you grow your community, if you're a community manager, the more hours it takes to keep up with all the people talking to you, right? And help all the people that, you know, they have technical plugs or they don't know what they're doing and they're lost. Um, and so a small business doesn't need to do that. All they need to do is have a presence, have the presence send people where you want to answer them. Let's say you have live chat. Put in your LinkedIn profile that you have live chat. Send them to your live chat, right? If you like to use Facebook, right? Send them to Facebook. Wherever you are the most live, as in interact the fastest, mm. make sure they it's really obvious to them that's where they should go to get in touch with you, right? I personally think on an e-commerce site, live chat's the way to go. Um, but there's lots of other ways you can do it. All you have to do is be very obvious about where people can reach you. Now they will wanna reach you where they like to do it. Like I would rather talk to you on Twitter 
than go to your support ticket system and put in a ticket and hope that I'll see the answer, right? Or I might want to go and bug you on Facebook because I know you'll answer Facebook messages faster than you'll mess it, answer email. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get you actually get better service if it's live, right? If I'm talking to a person on Facebook, they have to answer me kind of. <laughs> if I send you an email, you can go, oh, I don't want to deal with that and not answer it, right? And so just be obvious. Don't spend a lot of time, right? You don't need to spend the time an influencer does if you're a small business, but you do have to respond to people. If you don't respond to them, they will get mad and you should never ignore unhappy customers, right? The way to fix an unhappy customer is to immediately respond and try to find a resolution. Sometimes you can't fix somebody. If they're just one of those negative people that are gonna bash you if you could walk on water, there's nothing you're gonna do. But most of the time, they have a valid complaint if you listen and you respond to that complaint now they're happy and they're not only happy they're happier than they would have been if they hadn't had the problem and they're going to tell people they're going to go hey i had this problem and they actually fixed it that's amazing don't you think that's amazing right and then they'll remember you so problems are really bad they might be good problems could be good but if you delete like there's some brands this is a bad mistake If they come and complain on your Facebook page and you delete their comments and ignore them, they will make it their life's mission to go and write bad reviews about you every place they can think of. (laughs) Don't do that. That is so true because one of the reasons why our company Outgrow does so much better than our competitors is that we always answer every customer. Our support is really excellent. That's really, that's actually one of the ways we get so many reviews because anytime someone runs into a problem, they contact support. Support is very like helpful in understanding what their problems are, whether we can resolve it, etc. And at the end of that, they themselves go and leave a review out of Facebook by themselves without any prodding. They're so happy that their problem was resolved, or at least there was someone to talk to, that they mostly they're like, oh, excellent support. They were so helpful, blah, blah. So, so I think there's like a lot to maintaining great relationships with your customers so that the customers themselves become advertisers and they start referring your company to other people they know. So, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, if you can yeah. fix it. And sometimes even if you can't fix it, sometimes they just yeah. want to be heard. Right. Mm. Even if it's not something you'd fix, they're mad because FedEx broke the box or came a day late because it rained or there was a hurricane or something you have Mm. no control over. (laughs) Sometimes they just want to complain. They just want to have to vent. And you can say, hey, I'm really, really understand that's happened to me. You know, I know how it is. Now they're happy and they, you know, they're they're happy. They just wanted to be heard. You know, they want you to fix it. You know, just don't delete their comments. Don't ignore them. I mean, so as you have to if they're really, you know, bad. But, I mean, bad like profane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really bad, bad like that. But but if they have a valid complaint, even if you can't fix it, if you listen and you explain why you can't fix it, you know, the main thing is because. Like, I would love to help you, but I can't make that happen because this is how X works will sometimes be fine. If you give, there's actually research that says if you have because in a sentence, even if the, if, even if what comes after it is kind of not even valid, they're happier than if you don't. 
if you give them a val if you give them a reason ideally a valid reason then they're usually okay mm. yeah, yeah okay <laughs> well let's move on to the next one uh i'll ask this one yeah. uh so let's talk about video market marketing since you did actually mention that in your rapid fire round how do you think a small business can make the most of it without spending a lot of money right so most small businesses really should have an explainer video on their website and it mm. doesn't have to be a big production it doesn't have to be a thousand dollar thing it could be a list just an animated video right and an animated video like that if they're i don't recommend trying to do it yourself if you've never made a video it's not that easy i mean that the companies that sell you the software to do it they make it sound like it's easy but it's really not that easy i have yeah. a friend that does it i've watched her change all these settings when mm -hmm. I help her proofread the videos for small businesses and I suggest changes and I've watched her change all these settings and all these oh it's complicated I don't do it and I don't want to do it and I don't recommend small businesses do it but you don't need a zillion videos you need one compelling video to put on your home page that explains your b2b what you do whatever you offer or maybe that shows the product or that's just funny like it could be animated it could be a whiteboard you know there's lots of those videos you can get them made for you for a couple hundred dollars two to five hundred dollars you can have someone that actually knows how to do it make you a video that includes what you want like we just did one yesterday for one of my favorite wordpress developers um will Patton, and he didn't expect it he had helped us with some content that was very technical that he had extreme knowledge of. And so we asked him, so she made him a video in thanks for his help with this other content. And it's like an intro to what he does. And on the screen, you know, it's got these cartoon characters and it says, you know, I, I'm Will and I'm the product lead. He's come some kind of lead that evaluates WordPress themes, right? That's what he does. So it says that, yeah. and it says, I can do these things for you. And then it has testimonials at the end that are actual people that had given him testimonials that were embedded into the video. And so now he has this nice video he can put on his homepage that has a cartoon that's interesting that says, this is what I do. This is what I can do for you. Here's some testimonials of people and what I did for them. Here's how to reach me, right? And so that's like a 200 to $500 video. You can have someone make one and then you can share it. You can share it periodically on all your socials. You can put it on your homepage. People can come to your site and immediately know what does this guy do? Is he credible? What are his credentials? Like his is the WordPress thing. He actually is the guy that helps decide if the themes are good or bad. He can make you themes. He can make you custom e-commerce sites and regular sites. And he can teach you about SEO. Here's some testimonials and this yeah. is how to reach him. And so, I suggest every business should have one of those, right? So when someone says, what do you do? You can share the video. People on mobile don't like to read text and I'll blame them. I can read it without magnifying glass, right? Yeah. On a, on a smartphone, I'm over 60, I couldn't read a smartphone. Okay, so they like video. And so give them a video that, that is a capsule of what your business does. Put that on your homepage, use that in your social. You can put it in your blog posts periodically you can send it out in your newsletter right and so it doesn't cost you a fortune get one made right or if you have multiple product lines maybe get one for each each area of your business yeah. 
but you don't have to do them all at once. Do one now, see how that works for you, then decide what you like or didn't like, then have another one. And so you can do that. You can do slide shares. You take your existing content. Like she takes my content. I don't even have to tell her anything. She takes my content. She makes us a video. She makes a slide share. Then we go to screen sharing. We tweak both. And then I have a slideshare and a video that I can use and I embed them, but also other people can embed them. Or let's say I, I'm writing a post for some big site. I can embed a slideshare that's about content that I developed. So my content turns into many things. And in, in my case, I don't even have to do anything but proof it and suggest changes I'd like. And I didn't do any of the work, you know, and so I get, people can see that they can go to my website and there are there are videos and slideshows she's made for me there's sometime in my sidebar they're in my content you know they're on my social they're very 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 useful to me yeah there's there's many ways in which you can get around like you know making a really professional videos like you can do like you know like you said animated and, and all the entire montage what we did once upon a time was uh so we had our clients leaving us reviews with their own home home cameras it wasn't a professional camera so they just record a little review and they'll send it to us so we did a mashup of all three or four yeah. unprofessionally recorded reviews but we made it like you know we edited it so that it looked like nice and we named it like grassroots reviews so we were not even trying to be like posh and something like oh these are professional reviews that are coming from people it was just like oh these are grassroots reviews that are coming from our really grassroots customers they don't look professional because because these are like these are genuinely being done by people who wanted to speak about it and then wanted to be like you know looking like, like an advertisement so so you know it's just something they recorded in their free time and and it made a really nice impression because because uh, it looked very genuine so yeah that was the way yeah. so so yeah obviously there are many ways one can get around it yeah they don't have to be professional productions especially now yeah. people are people actually would trust a self-shot video more if you're willing exactly. to go on camera. Now, a lot of exactly. small businesses don't like to go on camera, but if you're willing to go on camera, you can use your smartphone, you can use whatever you've got, you can have your friend do it. Um, the only thing, like if you do a mashup, make sure you get the volume levels even, mm. right? Th that's my big okay. tip. If you're gonna <laughs> mash up multiple sources of video, make sure that you, either you know how or you have, know somebody that can make sure that they're not like this one's so quiet you can't hear it. That one blasts you out of the room. Get the volume <laughs> levels in, and as long as you do that part right, yeah, I think people are used to like live interviews with a smartphone now, right? Or yeah. Skype mm -hmm. interviews, right? On or camera Insta with Skype. story interviews. They put you on your Insta story where they're like, "Oh, Insta I love the product. Just record that, download it, mash it up, put it out," you know. Yeah, I actually get videos on Twitter now. And and there's one guy that puts video answers in Twitter chats, which you can't really watch unless you have like two different computers. I have two computers, so I can actually play his his little Twitter comment while I'm doing the Twitter chat, but most people couldn't do that. If you stop to watch the video and you can't see the other stuff going on, it, it and so it's kind of interesting, but he chooses to answer in a video. So yeah, you don't have to spend a fortune. You don't have to have an in-house you know, production that costs thousands of dollars. You can have an animated video made. You can make one yourself if you're so inclined, if you're good at DIY figuring things out. Or you could just you know, get your smartphone and 
video yourself or your coworkers or your customers. I really do. I love video testimonials. If you can get customers to let you videotape them and then stick those at the yeah. end of your animated video or upload them to your YouTube channel or put them on a testimonial page on your website, they're super compelling. Video testimonials and video reviews, same thing, are a fantastic way to put a lot of credibility for your business. So how do you think we should go about it? Like, how do you go about asking for reviews? Like, I've heard the simplest ways to just ask them to do it for you. But how would you recommend? Because we all know how important customer referrals are. So how do you go about it? How do you actually obtain those? Right. So the guy I know that's most successful at it is a magician. He goes to elementary schools and uses <laughs> a magic act to teach anti-bullying and pro-reading stuff. Like, that's two diff different things. He does one's anti-bullying. The other one is pro reading. And so what he does is he does the presentation, the parents and kids are all there. And as soon as it's over, he whips out his video camera or, or smartphone or whatever he's using. And he says, hey, how did you like it? Would you mind if I videotaped you? You know, just tell me how you liked okay. what I did today. And then he videos them and he shows them the video and then he puts them on his website. And he's got a ton of them and they're in YouTube and on his website. And he puts them in like other things that he that he publishes, you know, on various sites online. And so he just grabs them right there, right when he did it and videotapes them. If you're in a position to okay. do it right that second, that's the best way. But if you're not like if you say, hey, could you send me a video of a video testimonial? They'll say yes. And most of them won't follow through. And so if you can okay. do it real quick, that's the best way. If they're like a marketer, they'll probably do it for you, like they said they would. But if they're an average person, you know, they'll get busy and forget it won't ever happen. But yeah, yeah. that it is kind of tricky to get that. But like you got mm -hmm. it. Sometimes you can run a contest. Like they've, there are pages that are successful at running contests that get user generated content that way. Like they'll say, um, say that they sell dresses. Send us a video of you modeling your new dress. And who is that? There's a there's actually a dress maker that makes plus size dresses that does that. They have all these pictures of women wearing dresses they bought from them. Like ordinary women, not like celebrity people. Yeah. Not people on Instagram with a million followers. People like everyday overweight lady or not so overweight lady. And, and I think that's really valuable, right? So if you're looking at the dresses and you're trying to guess, would that look good on me? And they have pictures of a tall woman who's, you know, a size 12 wearing it and a very short woman who's a size 22 wearing the dress and everything in between. You could kind of scroll through there and find someone that's kind of built and height like you and see what the dress would look like on you. And I think that's brilliant. And I'm sure they sell a whole lot of dresses because of that. And I wish <laughs> if I could remember the name of it, I would tell you, I think it starts with a K and it's a plus size, but plus sizes are kind of weird because I don't consider a 10 a plus size, but, but I think they, okay. they range from like 10 and up and they have really cute dresses. Okay. Uh, Yona maybe. Something like that. I think it's we'll, we, we'll put it in the description once you remember it. Right. Uh, I was going to say, speaking of contests, one can actually, because contest is, again, like we were talking about earlier, it's a form of interaction. 
with your customers and you're building a relationship here. And one can actually do that in the Outgrow interactive suit because you can actually make uh, contests on Outgrow and you can make all sorts of them. And one of the things we also did, like you also mentioned earlier about, you know, offering customers something in return for a video review. And we were like, we made one contest about having a five uh dollar amazon uh, amazon voucher or a 10 dollar amazon voucher in return for uh collecting really good feedback so we have all these templates for like really good feedback collection that would really help uh small businesses to uh maintain a relationship with their customers and see what their customers want because uh, even like we usually do it like at the in december during christmas time we send them a 10 uh, 10 dollar amazon voucher in return for them also telling us what they would expect from our software next year. So again, going yeah. to your company's name, Grow Map. So they tell us what they would like us to strategize on, how we should make our map for next year. And in return, we just like, if they finish the survey completely, we just give them like a $10 Amazon voucher mm. and get a review out of them. So yeah, uh, I think a customer relationship in uh, maintaining a customer relationship like this is pretty good. Uh, did we lose Anushka again? I think we did. Yeah, <laughs> so no, uh, let me let me ask the last question then. Uh, what top three tips would you like to give to small business marketers? Okay. All right. So these are my priorities for small businesses, mm -hmm. especially if you have a physical location. But if you have an address you're willing to put online, First step, always, always, always list the business in directories. Google, of course, is the most important one. Google My Business, which I hope is the right name. They keep changing the name. They need to quit <laughs> doing so that. Uh, but I think it's still Google My Business now. That's the most important one. And you can put coupons and images and videos in there. You should be very active in there because that's where all, the majority of the people are. But there's a whole lot of directories, super pages, yellow pages, and all that. There are little, um, there are tools you can sign up for. You fill in all your information once, you upload it, and it goes out to hundreds of directories. Do that. It's easy way to get links. It's an easy way to get customers. And that's your first step. Always, 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 and always critical, use exactly the same name, the same address spelled exactly the same way. If you spell out street, always do it. If you don't, never do it. And always use your real phone number, not your toll-free number, your regular phone number. You have to use exactly the same name, address, phone number, every place, every place. It's really critical. And then, then upgrade the, the most important ones. Go in there manually and tweak them and make them even better. Um, always do your local directory listings first. The next thing you do is you always go claim all of your, you get, find one username. You can use a site called Noem, K-N-O-W-E-M to find out if your username's available, just plug it in there and it tells you all the places it's available. Find a username that you can have consistently on at least all the major platforms, go out and claim every one of those. The fast way if you have money is to do it through Noam and the free way is to manually do it, but it's time consuming. Go out and claim all those and put something in the bio and put your logo in there and send them where you're really super active. Those are the first two things. And the third thing is, well, and we're assuming you already are brilliantly great customer service and love your customers and interact with them all the time. And the third thing is you have to be very, you know, interactive. Interact with your customers. Don't be the e-commerce guy who just wants to sell commodities and make pennies off of each one because you don't want to talk to your customers. 
talk to your customers, talk to them, you know, pick the social network you want to be most active on, send them there. It might be your website if you have live chat and interact with them because that's how you find out what they love, what they don't like, how to fix it and how to get better and grow. That's how you grow. You've got to talk to your customers. That is so true. All right. So those are the three tips from Gail. Uh, Anushka, you want to add something? No, but I think that was a very, that'd be like the perfect end to this recording. I did want to say though, since e-commerce keeps uh, choking up all the time on this uh, podcast, I wanted to say that on Artgur, you can also make e-commerce recommendations where you can actually, based on, for instance, if you were selling sunglasses, uh, based on a person's face shape, uh, you know, and other characteristics like eye color, etc., you can actually make a recommendation tool that suggests sunglasses for them. So just because e-commerce kept popping up a lot. <laughs> anyway, so thank you everyone for joining us this month for our Market of the Month podcast. And thank you, Gail, for joining us as well. Uh, do check out our company, GrowMap. And before you do that, do not forget to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud as well. And all the links to various interactive templates we talked about and all the sites that Gail talked about uh, will be available at our website, outgrow.co, and also in this podcast description. So see you all next month and have a great time marketing.